Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I am Patrick Lyons and joining me today on a very special, I'm not going to say emergency podcast because frankly we were set up to be going live <laughs> here at one o'clock, uh, but nevertheless talking prospects, talking prospects that the Rockies just acquired in a trade for reliever Pierce Johnson. It's Tyler Pador from Blake Street Banner. What's up Tyler? What is up, Patrick? It's an honor to be back. Second time back here. So, you know, it's it's been a pleasure. The, the first time hoping, you know, the same, this go around. And yeah, a bit of an emergency today. You know, perfect timing with this podcast. Yes, three more appearances. You will be a part of the Five Timers Club. Uh, we do send out <laughs> Blazers for that. So fear not. Yes, Pierce Johnson is going to Atlanta for two prospects. Right-handed reliever. Victor Vodnik and a right-handed starter in Tanner Gordon. Initial reaction, Tyler, of this is, well, you, you got something for ultimately what was going to be nothing at the end of the season. Yeah, and I think there was a, I guess you would say an underrated chance of Pierce Johnson getting traded. I think his stuff is really good, and other teams would have seen value in in that arm, but still was not expecting two pretty legitimate pitching prospects. And MLB.com had... I think Vodnik at a 10 or 11, and then Gordon was 26th. So you got two, not just two pitchers, because when you look at the the trade for Moustakis, uh, you know, Connor Van, Van Scoy was not a Rockies or a Angels top 30 prospect. You get two Braves top 30 prospects, and I think there's a lot to like with, with each of those guys. Yeah, Victor Vodnik being the higher, as you said, 10th in the MLB pipeline, most recent update. He was a 14th round pick in 2018 out of Rialto High School in California. He's 23 years old now, six foot even, not a not a tall guy, but nice fastball changeup combo. Both of those pitches above average for sure. Uh, fastball sits in the mid 90s, can maybe ratchet it up to 99. Changeup in the high 90s. Uh, was also 17th on Baseball America. They don't like him quite as much, uh, but he was 14th on Baseball America's top 30 Atlanta prospects going into the season. I actually got the chance to see him in the Arizona Fall League in 2021 when he was still a starter. Uh, his stuff just translates a lot better to the bullpen. Was a reliever last year, 293 ERA at AAA Gwinnett. You know, sizable strikeout rate, which was really good. He's uh Pitched most of the season in double A, Mississippi, Atlanta doing things differently. They jockey guys back and forth from double A to triple A with those teams in Mississippi and Gwinnett. So really close. But uh, as, as everybody in the chat's popping off here, James saying, Hey, let those keep trades, keep rolling. Fresco 5,000. Good trade. Need some more young prospects. You're again, you're getting two arms for a guy that while it was important for you this season, this is not an important season overall. So, you know what? You, you got something really good there. Yeah, and I think I think Vodnik, if he can clean the walks up a little bit, I think it's a pretty surefire, you know, back end uh, of the bullpen kind of arm. It, you like you said, a, a, like an upper nineties fastball is always going to play, and from what I've seen of that changeup, it's pretty pretty wicked. So I am such a fan of getting yeah two two young prospects for a guy who um, who knows maybe they want would have wanted to re up the Colorado kid, but could have been lost value at the end of the season. And they still can. And when he goes out to free yeah. agency, you go, hey, Pierce, that was fun. You want to run it back? He very, mel very uh, well may do that. Uh, he really enjoyed his time there. Uh, Vodnik, yeah, he definitely is the the better of the of the two guys. Uh, been closing out some games uh, with Mississippi. Four saves, 15 games finished, 310 ERA. You know, was a guy that Atlanta, unfortunately, kind of got, got pushed out, you know, in, in the Rule 5 crunch. He wasn't protected, wasn't drafted in the Rule 5 draft. Has a little bit of an injury history, but he's a pitcher. So that kind of can be, you know, somewhat expected. Uh, my favorite line from uh, the Baseball America write-up about Victor Vodnik was, for now, he profiles as a low-leverage, ground ball-inducing reliever, end quote which means he's a reliever of high value for the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. I, but like you were saying, I don't understand the whole double A, triple A jump in that the Braves have going on. Cause Tanner Gordon, the other pitcher, he started in double A got five starts, six appearances in triple A. And now he's back in double A. So I don't exactly know the whole elevator scheme they've got going on there, but uh, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Cause yeah, Vodnik pitched well in triple A last year and, now he's in double A. 
Yeah, very strange. I, th- I think, uh, as you point out, I think Gordon and Vodnik. Uh, Gordon, less so. I think Gordon might, might uh, do, do well to just go right in there uh, with Hartford and, at double A. Mm-hmm. That rotation, I know they've kind of been working down a man. You know, Nick Garcia had two starts this last week. Typically, they're going with six-man rotations to maybe keep the innings down just a little bit. So Gordon could go into that rotation. Vodnik, you could see uh, in Albuquerque. Or you could see him in Hartford, kind of get his his feet wet a little bit within the organization. And I really think we could see Vodnik at some point here uh, at the end of the season for Colorado. Yeah, I agree. And and when you're also looking at Tanner Gordon, he's going to be Rule 5 eligible this this offseason. You would think that if you're trading for a guy with that demographic, that classification, that he's also going to get added to the 40 men after the season, unless, you know, things just don't really go well uh, the rest of this season. So you get two guys who are probably going to be on the 40 men in by at least in, in you know, three months when, uh, you know, the season's over, they're going to be those candidates. So. Awesome stuff. That was a big surprise today. <laughs> it was. It was, especially after he goes out and you know loses the game on Sunday. Again, it kind of goes to show like that stuff like that does not really change uh, the the value of a player stock based on one performance. You know, he he had pitched really well. Obviously, he was closing out games to start the year with Daniel Bard uh, on the IL. Lost his job. ERA was kind of inflated from uh, a lot of those non-save opportunities, but really course corrected. I think. Uh, incredibly well. Tanner Gordon, to give you a little more information about him, a right-handed starting pitcher, 25 years old, six foot five, sixth round guy in 2019 at Indiana University. More of a pitch to contact kind of guy, which again, some people are of the of the school of thought that the Rockies need to get more guys that can, you know, just be be flamethrowers and strike out you know, uh, opposing hitters. But if you want to get some uh, more pitch to contact, Gordon is, is going to kind of fill that role. Fastball slider, change up fastball uh, might only top out uh, at 95, but uh, was great in that first stint at double a Mississippi was legitimately dominant in those five starts, went up to triple a eight, two, six ERA got shelled. And it's kind of been up and down since in his performances uh, with double a Mississippi of the Southern league. But uh, I'm curious what, what your thoughts are, Tyler. Do you think there's some kind of roster crunch? And it's really, really throughout the the, the Rocky system. But uh, it feels like between AAA and AA, you've got guys that are pressing up, and they don't necessarily have anywhere to go. Um, I mean, we'll talk about Hunter Goodman here in just a little bit when we discuss some of our prospects of the week. But Hunter Goodman is a player who seems like he he was done with AA a month into the year, and yet. Well, there's not enough playing time necessarily for him in AAA Albuquerque. And the reason for that is, well, you need guys that are more big league ready to help out the Rockies. So you know what? Hunter Goodman, unfortunately, is going to get pressed to stay down in AA. I think we saw that a little bit with with Jordan Beck and Yankee Fernandez. Now they finally made their way up to AA. But does it it seem like there, there could be this kind of crunch between the the old school prospect, you know, those taken before 2020 and the new school ones who have been moving really quickly throughout the system. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting in those, those upper levels, double A, triple A. I feel like you have such a quantity of players. There's so many guys there. You're seeing double A, especially they're using that developmental list that was added. I think two years ago, they're using that a lot. And that's basically allowing teams to stash players when they are mostly pitchers at, at this point in time so that they don't have to have them on the active roster. And it just seems like there's so many guys there. Um, in my head, I was kind of like, you got two prospects. I'm betting one's going to be, uh, you know, upper minors, borderline MLB ready. And then the other one's going to maybe be, um, you know, hanging out in low A right now. They got two uppers guys. And so there, there definitely is a, a bit of a jam forming. And I know after this season, I think minor league rosters are getting limited or the whole organization's being limited to like 27 ish per level. So you, you do have to wonder what is going to happen with so many prospects. You just drafted and signed 21 guys. Um, They're going to have to push some players up. So absolutely someone like Hunter Goodman, there's, there's just nowhere to go right now, even though he just had a torrid week uh, to kind of cap off a really, really good first two thirds of the season in Hartford. So there's just nowhere for these guys to go. And we saw with the middle infielders, uh, you know, there was a, a pretty premium shortstop at every level. And the only thing that allowed them to move was an injury to Adel Amador. So it's, it's pretty stagnant right now. And that's kind of a good thing, kind of a bad thing. It means you've got guys, but it also means your guys are a little stuck. So it's, it's a good problem to have, uh, 
uh, in, in a couple of words there. And we thank, we thank Pierce Johnson for his service here on the Rockies. We raise a glass to you, Pierce Johnson. Raise a glass of Breckenridge bourbon, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos, widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, a high rye mash, American-style whiskey. Apre Anywhere is their big hashtag founded in 2008. You know Breckenridge Distillery is the world's highest distillery, uh, one of the best bourbons, most highly awarded craft bourbons in the U.S., Got to check them out. They got products available in all 50 states. Shop at your local retailer. Visit BreckenridgeDistillery.com for home delivery of the award-winning Breckenridge Spirits and head over to Bet365 so you could turn $1 into $200 of bonus bets when you join Bet365. Just download the app, deposit $10, claim your $200 in bonus bets, and as soon as you place a bet for $1, boom, you're good to go. Download the Bet365 app and use code DNVR365. When you sign up, they've pioneered live in-game betting, offers the widest range of games and markets available for live in-game betting. And Bet365 has over 80 million users worldwide, 780,000 live stream events each year, a proud partner of the Colorado Rockies. And with Bet365 baseball early payout offer, you're a winner if your team goes five runs ahead with an instant payout. That easy. Parlay and same game parlay selections will be marked as winners. Download the app and use code DNVR365 when you sign up for Bet365. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Prospects of the week. Let's start with AAA. Repeat performer. You might take issue with that because Chris Flexen looked Really good again on Sunday night. We'll talk about him, but let's tip our cap to Jimmy Heron, outfielder, hit 381, one of only three isotopes to bat above 250 this week. Two doubles, two homers, seven RBI, three stolen bases, four walks, two strikeouts. He's kind of becoming, you know, a very quality player in this system. A guy, you know, they acquired in a deal, I believe, from the Cubs a couple years ago. And he said, eh, he might be a little old for that level, but he's been playing really good and coming into his own in 2023. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys. We see it every year, kind of like Sean Bouchard last year, the borderline afterthought categories, again, because of the age, that just play so well. You know, he, he's someone I think he can play a little bit of center field. You've got to wonder if he, he's – he's got to be on the radar, but how, how on the radar is he is really the question. Yeah, the, the comp to Sean Bouchard is the one that you go – Okay, now now everyone's paying attention. He, he won he won the Triple A prospect of the week the last two weeks for us. But you you now putting the Sean Bouchard comp on that, I think uh makes a lot of sense. And you go, okay, maybe this could be a dude. Witten Bernard has always been a dude, four for four in stolen base opportunities, had a nice week. Jonathan Morales, the catcher, third base slash coach, whatever you want to call it, did really well. <laughs> uh trio of relievers were also solid. Nick Kennedy, Eli Lingos, Riley Pint. Uh, they couldn't prevent a four-game losing streak for the Ice Dopes this week, which snapped on Sunday. But overall, the pitching staff, as the Rockies pitching staff, has kind of solidified. I know they're still in a bit of disarray, but they've gotten some consistency in general, and that's allowed the Ice Dopes to have a lot more of that consistency. Tied for the second-best record in the Pacific Coast League with a 13-8 and start to the second half. A lot of that has to do with uh, two really good performances by Chris Flexen this week. Nine and a third innings pitched, five hits, one run, five walks, which you don't like, 11 Ks, really good. Even with uh, Kyle Freeland set to return to the rotation this weekend in Oakland, it does seem very likely that we are going to probably see Flexen at Coors Field probably this time next week in that San Diego Padres series. Yeah, and I'm excited. I, he's a guy we've all known, I think, as Rockies fans because he's kind of t- he's been tossing to trade rumors for, I think, this offseason, maybe the one before that as well. And I think that's a course-friendly arsenal. He relies heavily on that changeup. Uh, I think he throws a curveball as well in there that, that has some 12-6 drop that might not get as much run. But uh, I was surprised to see him perform so well in Albuquerque. So a lot going his way. I'm, I'm excited to have him as, you know, we, who is our fifth starter right now? <laughs> Jake Bird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that that was an awesome pickup. Very, very happy about that. Yeah, Jake Bird is going to get the start today in a, in a pseudo bullpen game. I'm kind of thinking because Carl Coffin didn't get a start this last week. Noah Davis hasn't started either. He is, of course, on the seven-day IL with the Isotopes. So maybe we'll see Carl Kaufman get called up. Susie's down there in Washington, D.C. right now. So uh, we'll wait to get word for that. But even still, even with Kyle Freeland coming back, you're still down another guy. So Flexen uh, coming in at, at, at just the right time. In double-A, 
Again, this was a, another difficult one. I'm going to lean more towards the hitters here. Jordan Beck does it again. 333, three doubles, triple, three. Count them, three more home runs for him, four RBI. Uh, one walk to 10 strikeouts. That's okay if you're putting the ball in play and hitting it as hard as he's been. He's been another player who continues to meet the challenge, and you love that. He finally did get the promotion to double a and and you don't have to necessarily worry and for a bad reason we don't have to worry about hey well zach veen and jordan beck hold on these these two guys are 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 joining forces like is is this good is this bad are they going to be able to play well together of course they are going to zach veen uh, out for the year but jordan beck gets that promotion we don't have to worry about whose stock is surpassing anyone else's he's just been able to do his own thing and it's been incredibly impressive and, and I love that he's still getting appearances in the center field. You kind of wonder with some of those guys who are athletic corner outfielders, the label put on them, you wonder how long they're going to play center field. And he's in double A now still playing center field. And that's somewhere Zach Veen, we hadn't seen him play center field until this year. So it's kind of the reverse, the, the inverse of that. I'm hopeful that Jordan Beck can continue to hang out in center field because at this point, the questions around the bat are like, you know, is the strikeout rate going to be a little high? You know, he's going to mash. So if he's still playing center, and I know athletically he can do that, um, that's going to be a really fun thing to watch in a couple years at Coors Field. And almost makes me question how high is he up on prospect lists at this point? Yeah, he should be ready to jump in that top 100. Thinking about it right now because th- this is one of the best parts of having people on the show and having conversations. You don't know where where it's going to take you. Tyler, do we should we expect Jordan Beck to make his debut by the end of next year? I don't know that I would have thought that going into this year, but now I think it's a legitimate question to go, yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe he could come up sometime in the second half, maybe in August or even September. I I would think it's a, a really strong likelihood now. And and yeah, I coming into the year it was like I think he's going to have some on-base concerns, might not hit like a ton of power, and I thought he'd finish the year pushing for double A. Now he's already kind of cracking down on double A. Might even I, I don't think he gets a shot at triple A by the end of the season. That'd be that'd be quite aggressive by the Rocky standards. But I would think he has a chance to fight for a, a spot in the opening day roster. That'd be really unlikely, but I think he'll have a shot to do that. Um, otherwise, by the end of the season, I think that's almost a certainty, especially if the Rockies kind of leave their outfield situation as is. They have some impending free agents. Um, some kind of question marks with some of the younger guys, Sean Bouchard, as, as aforementioned. So if there's not any guys added necessarily, then I think Beck is a, is a strong candidate to be up in, in the summer. That's kind of where I'm seeing it. I like that. I like that. Hunter Goodman, four more homers this week, six RBIs at 22 on the season, I believe. Don't know what else he's got to prove. Warming Bernabelle, 323 home runs, five RBI. You like to see that. And then Kyle Daters continues to do it, 308, two stone bases. He's been another one of those uh, really positive surprises. And then you could have made the case, hey, Case Williams, no pun intended, six and two-thirds innings pitch, three hits, only give up a run, didn't walk anyone, five strikeouts, does a nice job in his one start this week. And a good week for reliever Stephen Jones, Phineas Del Smith, Blake Goldsberry. Any of those guys jump out to you that, Hey, you know what? They they deserve maybe a little bit more love or a little more attention. We well, Stephen Jones is someone who last year was just tearing it up, and I I thought that's that's an MLB reliever, and then really struggled out the gate in AAA, comes back to AA, and then this week, yeah, nine strikeouts and five and a third, no earned runs. So he is he's back on track. I'm I'm hoping he can stay there because uh, I think he went to I don't know it was one of the pitching labs he went to last offseason and came back and was just nasty so i'm hoping he can keep that form and and make it you know to the big leagues added a little bit of extra spice uh to all of his pitches and a middle name he added too i think it was ethan uh, i believe yeah. that would be his middle name <laughs> ryan ritter does it again this time now he is in highest spokane as you point out with the injury to adiel amador 353 on the week six for 17 a double triple homer five rbi eight strikeouts four walks he has definitely been better than the hype again, you know, when you're like a sixth round pick, fifth round guy, you know, there's not a ton of hype. Just, hey, this guy could be something. Well, Ryan Ritter is definitely proving that uh, he very well could be something for the Rockies going forward. Yeah. And when he was drafted, there was a huge question on that bat. And he just entered the Rockies top 30 today, actually. Be, well, not for long on MLB.com because they just added two prospects. But after Gavin Hollowell graduated, Ryan Ritter entered. And you can see the MLB grades they had on him, MLB.com at 
40, 40 hit, 45 power, which shows the expectations on the bat as a whole. But he was someone who came into professional ball with big raw power and a swing that kind of just needed needed work. And I think that some of those adjustments have been implemented. And now you're looking at a guy who can you know, put the ball in play with regularity and authority. Um, there, there's definitely that that big time power that we're seeing seemingly twice a week now. Yeah, the comps on him was Ian Desmond, and so far you go, yeah, okay, I could I could see a young yeah. Ian Desmond for a guy like him. Nick Kent doing it really well, had a two-homer game, four RBI, hit 391. Zach Kokoska, Benny Montgomery, over 300 for the week. Kokoska uh, with a home run, and Jared Candy, four innings pitch, two earned runs. This was a rough week uh, for Spokane uh, on the mound, but two walks to seven strikeouts, and Evan Chauver getting uh, back into his groove, six and a third scoreless innings over two relief appearances. Yeah, any of those guys jump out at you as like, hey, let's give them some love. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking there for a sec because, yeah, Jared Candy is someone we've been keeping an eye on a lot lately because he seems to go out every outing, four or five innings pitch at least. I mean, he's they, they try to keep those pitch counts down on the guys down there, but it seems like it's five innings, two earned runs or less every time. He's starting to rack up the strikeouts. So uh, I'm pretty compelled by Jared Candy and – Again, we've got that jam going on in double-A. It doesn't get any better today. Someone like Jared Candy, I think, has just been pushing the door down for, for long enough. Yeah, well, so speaking of candy, speaking about edibles, got to talk about Kind Love, uh, an official partner of DNVR, and they support you know support the local brands that we have here, obviously, in Colorado. Love all the Kind Love cannabis, and always you get a consistent, great experience when we are high on kind love quality, integrity, consistency, variety, safety is what they're all about. They got the curb turbo core that those turbo joints, the kind love flower. It's amazing. Sold in more than 100 stores around the state. One of the first dispensaries in Colorado established back in 2010, known for cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis in the state. Visit one of their stores down in Cherry Creek or North Denver Mention DNVR and you receive the DNVR exclusive discount of 25% off all kind love flower pre-rolls and their turbo joint line. Visit the website at kindlove.com for their full extensive menu and online ordering. And get this code DNVR now works for their deliveries Shady Rays is going to be delivering some wonderful shades to your doorstep, especially when you use code DNVR. You buy one, you get one free. They'll also deliver you another pair of shades. If you happen to lose your glasses, need to get an update from Susie about that. If she got back her second pair, she's technically down two pairs, but maybe she found it back again. It's great. Broken replacement policy. You break them, you lose them. They're going to hook you back up again. If you don't like what you got within 30 days, they'll give you a full refund. It's Shady Rays. Five stars by almost a quarter of a million people online. Great independent sunglass company. You can check them out at the Park Meadows Mall uh, as well if you want to buy two or more pairs of polarized shades. Boom, you get those bad boys for 50% off. We're talking ShadyRays.com. Appreciate all the good comments from G-Man. They're enjoying the work. Even the fact they're, they're Astros fans. We like that. And then Blake Street Banter. Uh, we'll have to talk with producer. You hear that account does need to get blocked. So let's go ahead and block that <laughs> account. Just kidding. Love everybody over there. So wait a minute. Tyler, you're not running the Blake Street Banter account? You know, we'll have to talk about this off air. Run the account. Like, it's hard to know who's doing what, who's saying what. Yeah, and you know, when I'm when I'm tweeting and when I'm not tweeting, I'm kind of like, what's going on? But uh, unfortunately, I've, I've got my one screen going on. I'm, I'm not doing the, uh, the self-love uh, so I assume that is our our main man Aaron, who he's he's killing it. Always puts in a ton of effort at at BSB, and you know we love covering the minor league stuff, and could not do it without his passion. So um, thank you, Aaron, or whoever is running that account. You know, whoever. can't say with certainty it's not me. Nobody knows because you can't see you know around my screen. But um, thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron and the street team. It could be the street team, but Aaron, thanks for organizing the street team in order to take care of this. I uh, got to take care of our last prospect of the week from low a Michael Prosecchi, five and two thirds innings pitch, no earned runs. A lot of pitchers pitch really well. Connor Stain, five innings of two hit baseball, gave up a run. Gabriel Barbosa, six innings pitch, gave up a run. Uh, and for the bats, uh, Jake Snyder, 375 homer, five ribbies, Daniel Amaral, Jamari Baylor, doing some big things with the bat, stealing some bases. Low A Fresno has really been an, uh, an interesting place for the Rockies to kind of find some gems. Uh, and, and really, again, as the, the first level for 
full season pro ball for the Rockies. A lot of guys just establishing themselves, getting their names out there and saying, Hey, uh, keep an eye on me as I go to Spokane and Hartford. And so uh, those are, those are some of the dudes that, that have done it this past week. Yeah. And, and Connor Stain, Mike Persecki, those are two guys that I think they were fifth and sixth uh, round picks respectively. Both guys have just hit the ground running and, and showing, Hey, we're, we're going to stick in the rotation at least a couple more years. And Persecki, just have to say some, I just love his, his curveball shape is, is fantastic. You know, we, as Rockies fans don't love to hear about curveballs cause there's, there's a kind of a stigma against them, but you know, he can, he can spin it and he's dominating down in Fresno. Again, you can say it for so many guys. He needs to be moving up. Mike Prosecki is ready for Spokane. Tyler, appreciate your time. Before we get you out of here, we, we did want to touch on the idea that ultimately, and, and we saw it today, Rockies did it. They did the trade. Sure, you lose Pierce Johnson. Uh, that's going to maybe translate to one or two more losses this year. But the farm system does get better. That's okay. Uh, there's a lot at stake uh, going into the 2024 MLB draft. And this was something that you kind of you texted me about when we were talking off air. And I was like, you know what? That that really hammers home, again, the importance, particularly for this draft. Most years, hey, if, if you're not – if you're not good at winning, maybe you should be good at losing and to, to improve your, your draft odds, especially now that there's a lottery. Uh, we had an interesting take on the importance of, you know, not winning meaningless games this season and, and how that can really help the future of the franchise going forward uh, in relation to the 2024 MLB draft. Yeah, I'm absolutely hoping that this current 2023 season is sort of that bottoming out point. You can you can hit it and then you're you're bouncing back up, at least in, in some way. Who knows how far that's going to be, but on pace right now to have a top three pick. They're going to have uh, if, if well, if that's the case, they're going to have the top odds at the number one overall pick. And we can all dream about that. That might not happen, but they're going to be in the mix for a very high pick in a loaded draft class next season. It looks incredible on paper. The big thing, though, is you might have two additional top 50 picks, and there's a chance for one of the richest, if not the richest, draft class in Rockies history to think you have this trade deadline. You can add a few prospects. You might have, again, a, an extremely valuable, the most valuable draft class in Rockies history. You add that all together, you're back at that top five farm system level, and hopefully the MLB team is playing a little better and you're able to open up this window into the late 2020s. I know it's a long time away. There's a little bit of light kind of appearing. I think this is something really fun to look forward to. Yeah. It's a year from now, the the draft and then years from there that, that will reap the benefits, but there's something, you know, coming, there is a youth movement already coming and you're going to have a ton more top prospects added to this system. And, yeah, next year we're going to get into the coverage these, you know, a few months from now, some guys are going to stick out. You could add a, a franchise-altering player and then two more high-quality players in the top 50 next year. Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz from LSU going one and two, immediately top 10 prospects in all of the game. They're going to be impactful players. And, yes, because of the draft lottery, now you don't have to have the worst record. Uh, you can have the you can you can be anywhere in the top ten essentially. Uh, the A's had the third worst record last year. Didn't get the first pick or the second or the third. They they end up dropping to uh, six, I believe. Uh, but nevertheless, you know you have that opportunity at, at getting the first pick, and that is franchise altering. Uh, and a lot of what happens at this trade deadline can increase that likelihood of getting that first overall pick. So that's uh, that's pretty nice. Want to give me one of your uh, one of your prospects, one of your international guys, because two of the three guys we had talked about off air uh, were born outside of the United States. One of them actually is American. The other one, not so much. But uh, there's some names floating around right now. If uh, you were the Rockies and the Rockies did have the first overall pick and you're doing it in a year in advance, who's going one overall in the 2024 MLB draft for Tyler Pador? So I'm I'm going off the, the beaten path. Travis Bazana out of Oregon State, you alluded to. He's an Australian-born player from Oregon State. I, I think it's a fantastic player overall. He has a super quick bat. He's I think he's 5'10, but he has a super quick bat. I think it's it's 60 power. I think it's a 70 hit tool. He is a phenomenal hitter. Uh, I think he stole 30-something stolen bases this year, too. So 60 grade speed. He plays second base. That's always a, a commodity. I that would be my guy. Number two would be JJ Weatherholt, another second baseman out of West Virginia. I think you could get a an incredible second base bat at the top of this draft class. But 
you know, there's there's so many more names not going to overload people's minds right now. My own mind would probably be a little bit overwhelmed anyway. So but very exciting draft class at the top. That's it. Tyler, let people know where you are overwhelming them, but not really. You're, you're doing great content. Give them all the rundown of, of where everybody can check out your stuff uh, as well as the rest of the crew up Lake Street Banner. Yeah, so my personal Twitter is at rocks don't rake. That's why I'm I'm preaching for these hitters. I want them to be raking. Uh, rocks R O X don't rake. And over at Blake Street Banner, as we've been talking about on Twitter, we're we're trying to you know continue to grow our our influence. It's Blake Street, the abbreviation of Street Banter. Uh, so come give us a follow. Come follow along. We're just having a fun time. Uh, you know that's that's what it's all about for us. DNVR does that a bit too, but we're we are the most fun. So come check us out. <laughs> are we throwing the gauntlet down. Most fun. Wow. We we have to trademark that. We need to get our lawyers on that. And this uh, is going to be a bigger duel than the hyphen battle. So whoa, this is this is what we're doing. This now the most fun show. All right, let's go. Let's go. Well, we're ready. I, I won the hyphen battle. Did did we? Did we, we yes, that? you you did. So we're we have a little bit of extra fire this time. <laughs> okay, let's go. Uh, appreciate it, Tyler. Man, again, Blake Street Banner is where it's all about. Tyler, thanks so much for your time, man. Yeah, thank you so much, Patrick. All right, get your butts over to breckbrew.com. Go to the Breckbrew locator. Find out where you can get the Palisade Peach Wheat, a taste of Colorado right in your own refrigerator with your meal, day drink, whatever you got to do. Look, it comes from the nationally recognized orchards of Palisade, Colorado. It's a laid-back porch side refresher. And again, you go to the place that uses 100% renewable energy, a Colorado company with Colorado ingredients, breckbrew.com. And if you can't make it down to the DNVR bar, for the World Cup, actually go down to the farmhouse and check them out in person. It's Breck Brew and BreckBrew.com. Game time tickets. That's where you go get the hottest, and newest, and latest, and most current. These are all synonyms of the same thing. But what is unlike anything in the world is game time tickets. I've been using it for over a decade. First show at Red Rocks, 15 bucks to get in. The best part about game time tickets, besides the fact that you can get $20 off your first purchase using game time tickets, but it's also that you can get tickets closer to the start of the event within that two to one hour window where so many other ticketing sites don't allow you to have that. It gets shut down. Game time tickets allows you, if you're hanging out in the area, go in and snipe for those scalpers or people who can't make it to the event. You're going to get the prices lower, even lower than face value, up to 60% less than face value. Bottom line, if you love DMVR, you're going to love game time tickets. And join over the 15 million folks who've downloaded the game time app. Now, there's a good chance that our next guest here, let's bring him in here, Matt Duckett. Matt, you've probably done a couple shows. Stand-up comedian from Los Angeles, California. You've probably done a couple shows that have been uh, sold on Game Time tickets. Is that right? Oh, I mean, any promotional app that we can use to get people in the door, man, from uh, trying to throw stuff on the big boy, bigger apps like SeatGeek or using like uh, Groupon, Gold Star, or famously... Uh, just standing outside of the venue and screaming at people, hey, please come inside. Uh, you never know who's going to show up. And, you know, you might say Jerry Seinfeld might be there, but he's not going to be there. Don't worry. But, but uh, yeah, uh, we are shameless shameless shills. So any any promotional app marketing material that we can get our hands on, we're using it for sure. If Jerry Seinfeld played at the club in 1982, mm -hmm. he can still use that person on the flyers. Uh, for anyone that, that might not remember, Matt, I, I think it must have been like during the pandemic. Yeah, man. We it's had been, you on. Yeah, three blast. years ago. Probably, yeah. probably super close to like three years on the dot at the very least. I remember it being extremely hot in my apartment then. <laughs> it's hot in here now. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, been love following your uh, your career, doing big things uh, on the stand up scene, and Thanks, and man. huge. Yeah, I know you're a huge basketball guy, so of course I had to yep. wear the uh, the mile high the fraud city for the Nuggets. Dude, but you're yeah. not a Lakers fan, though. We should no, Lakers no. Fan, right? uh, I, and funny enough, um, I actually went to I went to two Nuggets games uh, this this season. Uh, I was there. Uh, I was so I was in Denver twice last year, and but uh, in December uh, I was there for uh, Christmas because uh, my uh, girlfriend's sister lives out there. And so we went to a couple Nuggets games. And I mean, they just trounced the Grizzlies by like 40. And I was like, these guys are winning the title uh, back then. So I was very unsurprised uh, that, it, that it ended up being right. Um, but yeah, shout out, shout outs to Denver for taking the title. But uh, the connecting thread between Denver and my fandom is um, I lived in Detroit as a kid for a couple of years, right as the Pistons were getting great. 
Um, so big time Detroit Pistons fan, a uh, long time Antonio McDice stan. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure plenty of love on the Denver side and plenty of love for him over in Detroit. So, and you got Chauncey Billups. I mean, yep, he's, yeah, he's Billups guy. too. Billups too. Yeah. I mean, gosh, so you, you forget because like he's such an icon of Detroit basketball, but that man, that guy played everywhere, uh, before he kind of settled in, uh, Boston, Toronto. I mean, just bouncing all over. They, I don't know that this exists. Maybe it, maybe it could, or maybe it have a different name, but it's the most addictive game on the web these days. It's not Wordle. Mm-hmm. The Immaculate Grid. Do they have that for the other sports yet? That you know. So they just came out with football, uh, because uh, ba- Sports Reference, like Baseball Reference, I guess bought the the software behind it from the guy who created it. So they just put football out, and I, they're saying that they're planning on doing basketball and hockey next. There is another website called Crossover Grid that does basketball. Um, so me and my brother every every day at like you know four p.m. or whatever, we're we're sending each other our grids like, oh, how did you remember Jared Jeffries? I thought I thought he only played for the Knicks. And blah, 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 you know, it's 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 the best. And like obviously, it all starts with baseball uh, and the baseball grid, which you know, going on what like two three months now every day, like can't uh, can't get away from it. So who's the the Kevin Bacon? So that's been the thing. So I, I just, Mm -hmm. I dabble in and out, I think because Mm -hmm. I don't want to get too obsessed over it because I want like the (laughs) lowest possible score. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm really gonna have to devote some time, but for anyone that like, doesn't know, or, or maybe wants to have an even better score, who Mm -hmm. are those guys that feel like they always keep popping up or players who've just played with the most teams that you found as Mm -hmm. successful? Absolutely. I mean, like everybody, Edwin Jackson is like the guy that everyone throws out. But the problem is, is everyone who plays knows Edwin Jackson. So his percentage is always going to be a little higher than you think. So the guys that I, the guys that I look to a lot, the main guy that people wouldn't know is Lee Smith. Lee Smith played everywhere. Chicago, um, St. Louis, uh, Montreal, Florida, Baltimore, Boston, Yankees. Yankees. Yeah, he bounced everywhere. Um, so there's a lot of, Lee Smith gets a lot of use for me. Um, Tom Gordon is another personal favorite of mine, a yeah. great reliever from back in the day. Uh, he gets a lot of play in the grids, especially the AL centric ones. Uh, just last night it was Red Sox, uh, Yankees. And I, and I put him in there and got that nice 0.4%. And I was like, all right, there we go. There we go. Um, and not a person who, the person only gets used on one combo, but for some reason it came up twice in like a week a little while back. But I always get a kick out of whenever I get to use Matt Anderson for Detroit, Colorado. Uh, just because when I was a kid living in Detroit, we went to a Tigers game. It was Matt Anderson bobblehead night. Uh, and for those of you who are not aware, Matt Anderson was the number one overall pick uh, in the MLB draft in like 1995. He had a really bad elbow injury, uh, which kind of derailed his career. But so he was supposed to be this great starter, was coming out of the bullpen, not doing a particularly great job. But they have this bobblehead night for him on his birthday. He comes out, uh, gives up two hits, two walks, and two earned in .1 innings, and they yank him. (laughs) Wow. And so, yeah, we had the bobblehead for years. I I, I lost it uh, somewhere along the way in a couple of moves. But every time I looked at it, it's like, man, that's got to suck. Having an entire day dedicated to you, you come out of the pen. And this was against, this was against the 2002 Texas Rangers, like bad Texas Rangers, where it was like you had Pudge, you had A-Rod, and a whole bunch of nothing. So just uh, an embarrassing moment for Matt Anderson. But I, anytime I see that Colorado Detroit, I'm like, oh, I've got the perfect guy for this because people don't realize he, uh, yeah, he ended in Colorado uh, last season his career. That's a good one. Yeah. 12 games with Colorado. That That's yeah. one of those names where you go, uh, it's so plain. It's yeah. so like Matt Anderson, like, yeah, I feel like, so I'm, I'm mental. So I've got a whole spreadsheet of every oh, sure. single Rockies player mm-hmm. and I'm looking up and down. All right. What are the longest names? Let me do that. How many players have had the same last name, all kinds mm-hmm. of dumb stuff like that. And so, yeah, I, that name is familiar, but I, I couldn't mm-hmm. have told you what year mm-hmm. I, I just did it right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not above yeah. saying I had to look it up. 12 appearances in 2005, 10 innings yep. pitch, 
twelve six zero ERA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was it was time. It was time for Matt to Matt to step away. But yeah, had I not been at the game, I probably wouldn't have remembered him either. And you know who else gets a lot of play? Because there's always the a lot of times there's the, the uh, statistical categories. Anytime yeah. there's a Rocky statistic, be it thirty home runs, thirty stolen bases, nobody remembers Alice Burks. Mm-hmm. That's and the one. He, yep, he, the guy was that dude in, in the '90s. Man, he he really could do it all. So I I, I love pulling out Ellis Burks for those Rocky statistics because he's usually he's usually in there. So I have a great bad idea, and we're pretty much doing it right now, like a tutorial on Immaculate Grid of like, okay, here are the hacks. The yeah. bad part. <laughs> You're screwing yourself now. You're screwing. Yeah, your yeah. Phone. Now, yeah. Everyone listening is now just going to use all of these people, and I'm like, why is this percentage so high? Yeah. Why is Matt Anderson at 62? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> this is your slumdog millionaire story. You don't want other people co-opting it. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah, yeah. I may have, I may have confessed to, I may have given too much of the secrets away, but uh, there's, there's a couple people in my head that I'm thinking of right now. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll keep that in the holster. So that I can get my percentages where I want them. If I am, I'm, I'm over fifty on the rarity score. I'm like, mm, didn't do good today. <laughs> Was it a good day? Yeah, yeah. They're the guys who play with the most teams. Again, if you just want to kind of finish it and, and, and get in there, and also there's combinations where like, oh, I didn't remember that this guy played with this team. Like yeah. When Jackson, as you said, 14 teams. Octavio Dotel at 13. Even yeah. the Rockies for a minute. Matt Stairs 13. Mike Morgan. Rich Hill, 12, like, oh yeah, and those are going to get the job done. And then over time you can wor- worry about, you know, lowering that score in a Mac. Yeah. Yeah. My touch point a lot of the times is trying to think of guys who played for the Yankees who played other places. Mm. So like, you know, we got like half a season of Lyle Overbay in New York, but it's like, Oh, he can go to Toronto. He can go Toronto, Milwaukee and these other, you know? So if I can think of a guy who was on the Yankees for like a quick minute, and I can go, where did he come from and where did he go afterwards? That helps me a lot too. So people should do that with their own with their own baseball fandoms. Just go, oh yeah, we had that person for half a minute. Where where what was the what was the A and the C when we were the B, you know? Jake Bowers is gonna be one, I think, going yep, forward. Sure. Uh, with Tampa and, and and Cleveland, and for like Rockies, Yankees, you go. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki is probably going to be on on the higher side. But if you go, Mike Talkman, yeah, now yeah. that's now, now you're talking. Now you're so, yeah, Talkman is a great one. I didn't. Yeah. I, uh, wow. I I was uh, I was looking at your feed, and I I can remember going back on the Fourth of July, celebrating our country's independence, and noticing that you had Twins, Marlins, you had Ricky Nolasco, and I was like. I would yeah. not have remembered <laughs> that. And so what's yeah. crazy is I put that in my notes and then today Rockies made a trade and the guy that they got from Atlanta, Victor Vodnik went to Rialto high school in California. Who is the only pitcher to ever <laughs> be in the majors at a Rialto high school, Ricky Nolasco, like Lo and behold, that's baseball. Yep. That's, and that's the beauty of it is that there's all these small little connecting threads, be it high schools, uh, you know, a draft position, uh, you know, you go down the rabbit hole and go, okay, this person was traded for this person, but then that guy was traded for that guy. So you can, you know, take a trade all the way back to the 1980s. Sometimes uh, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Yeah. It's all, it's all about those connecting threads. And that's why, that's why baseball fans were just so crazy about our stats and our, and our fun facts. Cause there's just, there's too many of them. Like it's, it's impossible to know everything. So the pursuit of knowing as much as you can is just so fun. Yeah. It, it definitely is. All right. Not, not to get all Byron Allen on you, Matt, but um, <laughs> you've long, for been a, been a long time baseball nerd, uh, yep. particularly with your buddy, Tyler. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with my old, with my old buddy. Yeah. So Tyler uh, <laughs> is an old, old friend, uh, old friend of mine from high school. Um, so he was a baseball player. Uh, he was, he was a pitcher outfielder, kind of a do it all type of guy. He, he played college ball. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've been playing Stratomatic together since, you know, 10th grade. Um, so, it's Stratomatic, I mean, that's where he gets all his pulls for the grid from. It's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I was looking at this guy's card a, a week ago. Because he's got, like, he has, like, 2001 all the way to now in terms oh, of wow. the Stratomatic sets. So, like, yeah, he's he, he'll just, like, go through a year and just, like, send me a picture of somebody. It was like, hey, remember when this guy just batted 340 for no reason one year? Um but yeah, so yeah, we go a long way back with our with our baseball fandom from Stratomatic to just playing the show, uh, to going to games together. You know, probably been to like 
I would assume at least five or six Giants games together. So yeah, just a, just an old friend and fellow fellow stat nerd uh, that uh, is a good resource whenever I'm like, hey, do you remember anybody who played for the for the Nationals and the Twins? Because <laughs> I'm uh, struggling here. <laughs> yeah, head over to Matt's uh, Twitter page at mduckatcomedy because I think you even have it pinned. Your 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 joke with the Marlins jersey mm-hmm. talking yep. about you and Tyler hanging out. No spoilers. You got to go over and check that one. That was yeah. Of course, that yeah, was when right. we first saw your stuff, and it was like right. Yeah, yeah. This and is it's... the best baseball joke that maybe has been written since <laughs> George Carlin. Since George. Yeah, Carlin. yeah. I can't. I, I was certainly not uh, not placing myself a, a, above the great George. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it's great. And that was kind of, that was not just like, uh, you know, a, a joke. That was like my first clip anywhere that popped off because um, it did. Uh, Jeremy Frank uh, was the one who shared it on Twitter initially. Um, and then it also popped off on TikTok. And so between the two, it got upwards of like, a, I think close to a million views at this point. Uh being able to get more followers on these social media platforms, which helped with comedy, getting into, you know, more festivals, getting more club opportunities out here. So I, I got to thank the baseball nerds because they really, uh, they really showed up and showed out and helped uh, kind of get me on this path where I'm able to do a lot of cool stuff that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Yeah. How are you, uh, how are you liking the new, uh, the new baseball rules as far as the pitch clock and all that? Oh my God. Love it. Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yeah. Praise be uh, uh, Theo Epstein and the pitch clock, man. It is fantastic. I've been to a few ball games this year, and I mean, just being able to being able to show up to a ballpark and sit down two hours and thirty five minutes later, be on my way walking out. It's it's just great. It's just it, it just keeps the action up. Uh, yeah, I, I have no complaints. Uh, I know there's some traditionalists, and funny enough, Tyler is is one of them who's like, ah, you put a clock on the one game that didn't have a clock. And like, I understand that to an extent, but the way that folks were just abusing, uh, right. you know, the, the time I was about, I was about to say, you know, growing up watching Yankee socks all the time, no more Garcia Pera doing the Macarena in the, <laughs> in the batter's box every time. It was like, Oh my God, could we just get to the pitch? So I am a huge, huge proponent of everything that's been proposed, man. Uh, from the pitch clock to the larger bases to the pickoff rule. I think it's all great. You know, it feels honestly. I feel like I'm watching more of the baseball that I watched when I was a kid than in years prior. It just feels, yeah, it just feels more exciting, and I feel more invested because I know it's not going to take, you know, four hours. Yeah, you 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 can see the whole thing through, and then you go, all right, mm-hmm. well, I got to see the rest of this week through, and yep. the first half, and now, all right, I'm I'm invested for the entire season. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what like postseason numbers are like. Uh, on TV in general. Are you liking the yeah. city connect uniforms that all the teams have? Yeah. I wish the way. Yankees would do one, you know, it's like, I get that we're all oh, the pinstripes and dip, dip, but, but it's like, yo, it, you know, I, it's funny because despite being a Yankees fan, there's so much about the Yankees that just annoy the hell out of me. Like Same. the things that people are like, that's dumb. Why? I'm like, yeah, no, I totally acknowledge it's stupid from the, the never changing jerseys, uh, to the clean shaven rule is just it's it's yeah so <laughs> I'm like a I, I'm a Yankees fan in the same way that I'm Catholic just guilt all around <laughs> about it you know um, so I love I love the City Connect jerseys um, other than Pittsburgh Pittsburgh was a really big miss this year I mean just, you get you get black and gold okay but. <sighs> Yeah, PG. No one. Again, I moved around all as a kid. I lived in Pittsburgh for five years in middle, in like uh, elementary, middle school. Nobody was saying PGH. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the airport code, I think, right? Yeah, I think, I think so. So it's just like, what yeah. are we? What are we talking about, man? The Berg. Yeah. I, yeah. So for the Yankees, and I, I haven't. I don't think I said this anywhere publicly, but I might as well say it now. So here's what the Yankees could do for their city connect to make it. Stay classy, because right, like mm-hmm. Yankees got to be classy. So I'm almost imagining like the '80s style pullover jersey again. They're always buttoned up, but when they mm-hmm. would have just be navy with yeah. just a white NY, that looks clean. Yeah, absolutely, the, that would look great. But here's the color that they could kind of inject into the the navy and white, and it's not red, even though you know they have some mm-hmm. some logos with that. But it would either be like a mint green, 
to be the mm-hmm. color of the Statue of Liberty. And again, maybe that's Ooh. the logo. So that patina, mm-hmm. that like kind of just, just yeah. green, I think that plays well off the navy and the white. Mm-hmm. Or you could go with like a bronze color, thinking about the museums and mm-hmm. uh, the New York Public Library. You got the lions out front. I think bronze, navy, and white. I think that keeps it class. And you're like, oh, yeah. wow, no, this doesn't, this doesn't, you know, uh, deviate too far from mm-hmm. the tradition of, you know, the Yankees. Yeah, there's nothing that, you know, uh, white, white, beyond just being the Yankees colors, the white Navy, like there's no like super interconnecting thread with New York. But yeah, you know, these city connect jerseys are all about acknowledging the history uh, and uh, of these of the cities that these teams are playing in. So I, I agree completely. I would love on, on the, the kind of Statue of Liberty uh, 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 kind of mint green. I would love to see that just like along the kind of the brim of the hat, Ooh. just as like a little bit of a tracing thing there. Um, yeah, I think that's an awesome idea. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things they could do, which is what makes it so frustrating is that there's like a thousand ideas that you know the Knicks have plenty of alternates. Uh, that I mean, look at the color scheme of the Liberty. I mean, they're I love their jerseys, and they, you know, obviously they have the Liberty green in there too. So. You've got a thousand things you can do when we're doing nothing, which is kind of uh, representative of Brian Cashman right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's he's scheduling his uh, his day to scale a wall or to jump out of a plane this off season, so he's kind of yeah. busy with that right now. Yeah, uh, he's busy finding out which thirty four year old we can trade for for no reason. There you go. I that mean, was the th- see in the in the in the mid two thousands after after the dynasty run, and we were trying to get back. It was okay. We're gonna trade or sign free agents who are like 30 years old, like they're about to enter the second half of the career. So maybe we can milk two or three good seasons out of them before it falls off the rails. You know, uh, Gary Sheffield, uh, uh, Carl Pavano. Uh, Teixeira a little bit. Teixeira a little bit, you know. And Chompy. like in t- 2009, it worked uh, yeah. finally. But now it's like, yo, what are we doing with these? With some of these guys, you know? Uh, the, I mean, you know, I'm not the first. I won't be the last to be like, I don't know why we traded for Josh Donaldson. <laughs> I knew that was the guy. Yeah. I knew it. It's just like, yeah, we're, we're just, we're, we're being the big bad in all the wrong ways uh, right now. So. Well, the Yankees can't be, do any worse on their city connecting the Dodgers. Cause the Dodgers just, they, they just totally phoned that in. That was, that was whatever. Yeah. All right. Bef- before we get out of here, Matt uh, wrestling, I know you're also into wrestling. Another great reason yep. why we get along so well. And- <laughs> Absolutely, man why we connect uh i mean aw is 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 doing really great i'll say this Mm -hmm. so we've got a diehards only discord for everyone who signs up to the dnvr.com and we've Mm -hmm. of course we've got all the sports but we also have a room for wrestling and i've kind of thrown it out there this idea that it does seem strange i'm i'm all for it but it is very strange and i'm can imagine jim Cornette is probably going crazy uh spinning in his above ground grave because he's not dead Mm -hmm. yet but Mm -hmm. you've got the aew world champion mjf doing mm-hmm. a comedy act as part of a tag team strange yeah. I, I enjoy it but it is mm-hmm. a bit strange don't you think it's strange but when you think back to like the attitude era it's not completely out of the ordinary people were doing silly things all the time uh, uh kind of in the heyday for some reason all that kind of reminds me of when um all the wrestlers came out trying to get the undertaker to do the spin rooney uh <laughs> After when the show went dark, but it must have been like 2003 or something like that. But I think it's I think it's good that MJF is kind of showing a different side these days because, like, I mean, like, it really went that what we know MJF to be like really went to like 12 uh, last. I was at the I was at the AEW AEW show at the forum, uh, the fire me you effing Mark promo. Oh wow, um, yeah. And so yeah, it's like you know obviously he does what he does phenomenally uh but yeah it's it's fun it's fun to see him diversify and uh dance like vince mcmahon a little bit (laughs) that's fair that's good yeah Yeah. it it seems like obviously it is strange i will fully say it's strange but hey what 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 is wrestling if not strange that what exactly right how does it how does this storyline end i mean it seems like it's obviously supposed to be mjf turning on adam cole but Mm -hmm. can't be that because that's the most obvious thing right 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 and that's but that's kind of see, it, but AEW is a little bit more of uh, they kind of lean into more of like a Japanese style of booking than WWE, obviously. But like what like New Japan does so well is that you have an expectation. You're like, 
you know, we're smarts. We think we know where it's going. Even from match to match, you're like, oh, it's going to finish. He's going to hit his signature here. And then, it, but they do such a good job of swerving you. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know if AEW has that higher level booking brain yet. So it might be the obvious answer. Uh, I, I think I, I think yeah we're we're building towards a turn on on Adam but we'll we'll see it to be to be determined I try not to get in my head too much about it so that I can just enjoy it instead of having too strict of an expectation and that not happening and me being like well they didn't do the thing that I wanted um, that was so many of my friends with uh, WWE and WrestleMania this year them not giving the title to Cody where, you know, everyone kind of just had it in their head, like, it's so obvious, and then it didn't happen, and everyone got mad, but, you know, it's not bad booking just because the thing you didn't want to have, the thing you wanted to happen didn't happen, so I'm excited to see where it goes, I don't know, I don't know if they have something greater planned there. Do we have a main event for SummerSlam? Is it uh, going to be Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns for the title? Yeah, I think it's probably Jey versus Reigns. And, like, you know, I don't know if Lesnar, uh, Co- Lesnar Cody's happening again. Um, I don't know if, where that will be on the card, but those are kind of the other two, the two big matches that are happening right now. And then you've got, uh, what is it, Balor versus Seth Rollins. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I will say, while I consume a lot more WWE than I do AEW, the AEW stuff I do consume tends to be a lot higher of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's it's a bag of Lay's chips and WWE versus like a really nice cheesecake with AEW. <laughs> it's I like, like that. Yeah, yeah, might yeah. be might be harder to find uh, or, or less access, but you know, yeah, it's not. Quite- it's, it's so much wrestling is the other part too. It's like there's like. 14 hours of wrestling to catch up on every week. Well, that's it. It's, it's, we're not quite the attitude era from the aspect of like, there, there aren't those same large swaths of people all doing the same thing at the same time as it yep. was in the 90s or even early 2000s. So mm-hmm. that's never going to come back. But this is, you know, a, a big time. This is probably that third, you know, uh, period uh, on the Mount Rushmore besides the Attitude Era and, and the Monday Night Wars in the 90s and then, mm-hmm. you know, WrestleMania first getting started in, in yeah. the late, late 80s. Like, mm-hmm. this probably goes along with it because finally there's a there's a true competitor for, for WWE. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. It's, it's yeah, they kind of had to light a fire under, the, under their butts a little bit, um, which, which we appreciate because, you know, we, we don't – we would have to do a whole other podcast to talk about WWE fumbling the bag from – 2005 uh, uh to even now so it's yeah it's good to, it's good to see it's good to see wrestling back uh in a competitive state and back having kind of uh yeah a lot to talk about as opposed to what did Don, john cena do today you know <laughs> he, he started the barbie movie spoiler alert sorry yep. people great All film right. go see it everyone it was very good uh yep. so look but hey you're you're still talking about this you're still having fun doing all this stuff mm-hmm. go ahead plug away let folks know where yeah yeah absolutely um i've kept it very simple for everybody m ducket comedy on all platforms instagram tiktok twitter you can find me there uh instagram and twitter uh, sorry instagram and tiktok are kind of where i post the most stand-up stuff but i'm on twitter every day you know ch- uh shooting the crap about baseball wrestling uh whatever i can get my hands on um but yeah for like actual stand-up clips and stuff like that definitely check out my instagram check out my tiktok i'm posting things usually once a week at the very least so uh would very much appreciate people checking that out and uh yeah no thank you so much for having me it's a blast just like it was last time and uh yeah next time uh next time i'm out in denver i'll have to i'll have to let you know yeah, and for all our all our listeners, uh, again, go ahead and, and please like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. Leave us a review too if you're listening to this uh, as a podcast and you're not watching it live on the DVR Sports Channel on YouTube. But mm-hmm. because Matt is uh, a man of the world and plies his trade in cities all around the U.S., uh, I don't know if you've done any gigs in Canada. Maybe you'll get to that. No one has ever gone to Mexico to do any stand-up comedy, so <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. going to throw that into the conversation. Yeah, some hey. cruise, some cruise comedy for sure, but uh, yeah, yeah. inland, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Yeah, hoping, hoping to get to Toronto, um, probably next summer. Next That's summer, I, I think we're, 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 I'm hoping to get up into up into Canada and Aruba. Aruba's Aruba's got a little comedy scene there. Aruba Rays, uh, you got to check that one out. Okay, for sure, Aruba, yeah. Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you. Let's go. <laughs> from you to Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. Follow us on Twitter. 
follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm at. We appreciate uh, you guys joining us. Uh, a lot of momentum here with uh, both Tyler Pador, Matt Duckett, comedy, uh, wonderful time but unfortunately we have a saying here in this world uh, when it comes to momentum and baseball and podcasts it's that your momentum is only as good as your next show so of course we will talk mm. to you tomorrow right here on the dnvr sports channel live at 1 p.m right here on youtube